0: Hey everyone, and welcome to the Thrive Mind podcast. I'm your host, Tom Millwood, and this podcast will dive into all things mental health from a holistic perspective. My guests and me will share our wealth of knowledge from vast experiences to provide you all you need to thrive in a world where most only survive. Don't forget to leave a five star review or share the episodes, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Today is going to be a solo episode where I'm going to actually do a lot more of these um, in the coming weeks, months, you know, for the rest of this podcast, uh, where I go into some deeper explanation of some of the concepts and tools um, and things that I work with within my coaching within the Thrive Mind philosophy So, the thing that we're going to be talking about today is the dance between effectiveness and efficiency. Uh, This is a concept that I have worked around and dove into for a very long time with things like the concept of essentialism. Uh, It's one of those things... (laughs) Tim Ferris that I could go on and on about all of the different people that I have looked at worked with um, worked through you know my current coach as talked with on the last podcast Kim uh, has really helped me strip back the layers of what I think I need to do in order to get to where I'm going and to be able to really bring me back to my truth and bring me back to a place of objectivity rather than looking at things through a filtered lens, as many of us do. So what kind of brought this on for me was, um, and what really triggered my deep dive into this concept and why I think it'll be useful for everyone listening as well, um, is this idea that I think is extremely prevalent in modern society. And I just overheard two guys talking. It was someone who was like a young apprentice and then another guy who was just an older worker on this building site. And the older guy was saying to the young guy, look, mate, all you need to do is just look busy on the job. Just pretend like you've got something to do and that's all you need to do and you'll be sweet. This really, really frustrated me. It hit a chord in me where I... I you know, had very much fallen into that trap personally when I had started out, when I was just an apprentice, when I was just at the beginning of being a fully licensed electrician, where working on these big sites, it's like just put your head away, do a little bit of work, but not too much because you don't want to upset someone for being too efficient and so on. This is a toxic way of living, not only... um, because of the way that it leaves you feeling but the the ramifications that it flows or that flow on from this where it bleeds into the rest of your life uh, as we'll discuss today is really really prevalent the alternate side to this and the other thing that came up for me as I was really working through this and thinking about how these concepts affect us is the idea and I'm personally very very accountable for this one Is that I have to be busy to be successful, that I have to hustle, that achieving something has to be really hard work, that every second of every day or every time, you know, second that I am quote unquote on the clock has to be filled. And this started out at a young age and it was great for work ethic, it was great for creating the ability for me to, you know, show my worth. However, it took a turn for the worst when I created this cycle for myself where I couldn't switch off, where I always felt like I hadn't done enough in a day, and as a result, would beat myself up, would find myself not being present with my kids, um, and just the, like I said, the, the bleed-on into the rest of my life was horrible. No doubt, I'm sure that many of you have experienced something very similar And so, today, we're going to break it all down, we're going to discuss the four different possible places you can find yourself in within effectiveness and efficiency, and also how that kind of shows up for the different selves, as I like to work within the framework of the three selves. So, we're going to start off with doing little and achieving little. Now, this is essentially being ineffective but being efficient at being ineffective because you're only getting out what you put in. This is where it comes up with looking busy, where it comes up with this idea that as long as I make it appear like I'm maybe doing something but I'm not actually doing anything, I'm not going to achieve much and it is what it is. This is something maybe as well where if you're in a job where You're using it for, say, the prostitute archetype, Uh, you know, not to make anybody feel triggered by that concept, but just merely the idea of working a job uh, where you're using said job for what it gives you to further something else. So it's not that the job itself particularly lights you up, not that, (laughs) you know, what. I'm not even going to go down that rabbit hole now, (laughs) but... It's how that can show up, where we are ineffective but efficient. Then we can move across to the idea of doing lots and achieving a lot at the same time. So we're effective, but really we're inefficient because for the amount of effort that we have to put in, it's, albeit like logically it makes sense. When you actually break it down and you see it put into effect, you're actually being really inefficient. So this shows up when we don't believe in ourselves and when we doubt our work, our abilities, and our creativity. What this does is it leads to a compensation with time wasting. It leads to a compensation by us fretting, being perfectionists, doing all these extra little things that fill our time but don't actually increase the quality of what we're producing. Remember, the idea within life is not to produce a lot of crappy things. It's to find the places where we can put the most effort in, where we can be the best at what we do. You know, we wouldn't want to be somebody who plays 15 sports really poorly I guarantee most of us out there would like to rather play one sport and do it really, really well. And that's what we're looking at here is where when you're doing lots to try and achieve something, there's this lack of trust. And what we're doing is we we fall back on the idea of most of Western civilization that is to just work as hard as you can and you'll eventually get paid back in the end. 30, 40, 50 years down the track. You know, we put put faith in this idea that if we just blindly follow orders, a lot of the time from, you know, when we're in positions where we've got a naive person that we're working underneath or otherwise, that that's the way to do it. People who are in these positions of having gotten somewhere from having to work a lot harder than they maybe needed to, they don't want to admit that. They don't want to admit that they have maybe wasted time, that they were inefficient in doing so. And as a result, they want to continue that cycle. It doesn't mean that there's malice in what they're doing. It's just a subconscious pattern that uh, lies underneath the surface of it all. The next place we're going to go to now, moving into the third, is doing a lot And achieving very little. We're being ineffective and inefficient. Now, this is an interesting one, and I need to make the note here for you guys that this isn't necessarily a negative spot to be in. A lot of the times, and in fact, for pretty much most people, shy of anyone who starts something and has just a raw natural talent for it, this is what happens when we begin something, and it's okay. It's okay to be. Ineffective and inefficient when we start out with something where we're doing a lot but we're not achieving much either because we're learning, because we're failing but the idea is that we need to have an awareness and create a stronger awareness of when we're falling into inefficiency. If you really think about it and this is a great question to ask yourself every day in whatever part of your life it is that maybe you feel like needs improvement Where today did I fall out of efficiency? Where did I fall into being inefficient in what I was doing? Where did I begin to step out of succeeding in what it is I'm trying to achieve and step into failure or step into becoming less effective than I can be? With that said, the fourth part now which is where we try to head, which is what I believe thriving is all about, is doing a little but achieving a lot, being effective and being efficient at the same time. When we do this, we come to a place where it's okay to have a low threshold for poor quality and for poor output, where other times you might fall into a space of being really tired, of just throwing down an extra coffee to create some kind of imaginary spark to get your work done in an inspiring way. We instead take no tolerance for that and we become selective. We create the permission in ourselves to be effective. For me, this sometimes can show up as me in two hours being able to get deep into my work, creating more more power, more movement in my work than I would if I spent every single night of the week when I was tired, when I'd had trouble getting the girls to sleep with my wife, when I'd come out of a day and I was starting to try and wind down for bed or something like that, and spending that time where I'm going to be inefficient working, I don't tolerate that. And This is I'm, I'm being completely honest here. This is a challenge for me. I still want to be pulled into a space where I set some goals of things that I want to achieve in the week and I overestimate how much I can get done. I overestimate the amount of time that I can just give in a week. And as a result, I fall into this space of ineffectiveness. But when I can step into my power, when I can step out of survival and into thriving, I know that I can create a really great output if I set aside just the times where I know I'm going to be most effective, when I don't waste time and create this negative feeling in myself that I've wasted time because I've tried to create work in a time where I'm going to be inefficient and ineffective. Now, society really doesn't like this concept, like I said before, because people who have had to Work really hard to, you know, earn their living, especially, especially in these types of industries that are labor based, where you, you know, you essentially get paid for the work that you do. But again, this is where quality over quantity comes in you know you can become a specialist at whatever job it is and this is where it doesn't just apply for coaches it doesn't just apply for healers it doesn't just apply within the world of entrepreneurs even somebody who is a tradesman or anything of that nature you can still work under this model to create a situation where what you do is of such a high quality you can charge a much larger price for it so you're doing less Charging more, and as a result, you create an exponential amount of possibility in your life. Now, it's something where you're moving towards abundance, where it might seem challenging to think of the idea that people would actually pay you four times what you might be charging right now for something that actually doesn't take as much time but requires more focus, and as a result, creates a better quality result you may feel like that's not there. You'll fall into scarcity. And scarcity is just synonymous with survival where we don't think there's enough. So we just have to ration ourselves. We have to be in that kind of a space. So it's okay to notice those things, to confront your ego and to step into this space where we can be effective and efficient. Now, there's a pretty good wrap up there of the four quadrants. So just to remind you, we have being ineffective and efficient where we do little and we achieve little. We have being ineffective and inefficient where we do lots, but we achieve very little. We next have effective and inefficient where we do a lot and we do achieve a lot. But as we're coming to find, there is a fourth option here, And that fourth option is doing little but achieving a lot, being effective and efficient at the same time. So, with all that said, how does that actually apply to us as humans and how does it show up? Within the small self, what happens is this is our trauma, it's our limiting beliefs. What we feel And what you may feel is that you have to earn respect, that you're not good enough for the work you do, and you always have to do extra. This is coming from a place where you don't feel like you're enough, a place of not enoughness or being in lack. Now, I'm going to flip this here, and where we can bring this into the light is you can over-deliver to who you serve because you are enough because you're grateful to serve. You can work efficiently and hold value in community and connection. What this looks like is you do your job, but then when it comes to a space where you can have a conversation with somebody around the work that you're doing, maybe just connecting with someone on a human level that you work with, be it a client, a fellow worker or otherwise, that's okay. I just, you know, to make a point of where this shows up for me personally, I for so long held this judgment around people who would talk while they were working or who would take five minutes to have a conversation at work. Those people had such rich connections and felt so much more connected to the people around them. While I, albeit was maybe getting some work done, the overall atmosphere, that I was working in was horrible. I felt like I was always on edge. I had so much anxiety around the people that I worked with because I didn't have these friendships. When we trust in our ability, when we work well and know that we are worth our salt, we can then step into a place of being enough and creating an environment for our lives that is joyful and beneficial. I wasn't living a joyful life when I was worried or frustrated around the people I was working with. The best times that I've ever had on job sites or otherwise have been when there is community. Sometimes the way that they've created that community has been sketchy in some ways, but either way, that community and connection cannot be beaten. And so when we're looking at our small self, we need to... Look at in our life, in our past, maybe where you've had parents or your first jobs, where those things have kind of set up a belief that you have, a core structure to what you believe creates money, creates value in your life, creates a sense of what your worth is and taking a look at that and diving into it and once we understand it's there and there's that awareness... We can step into a space where we can catch ourselves falling into that and play hide-and-seek, as I like to say, with the small self. Play hide-and-seek with that part of ourselves. And when we step into that inefficiency, when we step into judgment or otherwise, we can catch ourselves and pull back into focusing on doing less and achieving more. Next up, we have the capital S self. This is you in your physical body. And I want to point out here, this is really what will bring you to a place of really needing help. You'll start to notice these physical symptoms of what it's like to be in lack, to be in, as I'm going to go through now, all of the actual symptoms that come up when we live this type of lifestyle and what can be done instead and what the flip side actually looks like. So we can be stressed, we can lack the ability to step into the parasympathetic nervous system because we always feel like we have to be doing something. There is no time for rest, there is no time to actually rest and digest, to sleep, to switch your brain off when you feel like you haven't done enough and your brain needs to keep on ticking. This can cause burnout, it causes trouble with us being able to sleep because we can't shut off this is how it feels. And I'm sure so many of you deal with this. No doubt throughout COVID and so many people I've talked with over this last year that I've worked with, who've had to work from home, who've had their way of living completely change. They've told me it's really hard now and lines get blurred. Even prior to COVID, I know so many people working within office environments or otherwise where It was completely normal to receive an email at 11 o'clock at night and the expectation was that it would be replied to. You could get an email on the weekend and the expectation was it would be replied to. There was no switching off. There was no ability for you to take yourself away from what it is that you were doing. Create a space to rest. Create a space to allow your mind to wander and to create calm and to then move forward. So now, without going too far that way and actually really diving into it now, what does it look on the opposite side for us when we are not in that survival space and we're thriving by being effective and efficient? What happens is we have time to fill our own cup. We have more time for our kids, more time for our hobbies. We're not living a life where we are defined by our job obviously with this i'm using the job as a, a very simple um, concept to use it for but it's this idea that it's this idea that when we can look at life through this lens of being effective and efficient it means that we're not wasting time you know, a great example of this in another facet of our life is in our relationships, especially with our partners when for you know a lot of people are learning about the concepts of the love languages now it is thankfully just about you know a concept of always um, almost becoming common knowledge I should say and with that people are learning how to be effective with their partners in expressing their love in receiving love and so on. You know, we can be somebody who gives our partner a massage every single night, but if that's not what they want and they actually want to be told that they're loved, they want a, you know a really nice love letter written for them, something like that that could take half an hour will be more effective than a week's worth of massages. You know, when we go into this space of learning these things, we're not banging our heads against a brick wall expecting more result from an ineffective way of working. So, what happens in our physical body when we're able to create this situation is our brains able to, on a conscious level, shut off from whatever job it is, whatever facet of our life it is that we want to take a break from. What happens here is on a subconscious level and this is kind of an added bonus is it allows things to stir it allows our creativity to flow and what happens is as a result of that creativity we can find we can find ways to all of a sudden make something so much easier than it was before because our brain makes a connection subconsciously that had we been firing on all cylinders in a conscious space, and just revving the engine beyond belief, we wouldn't hit a spot where you can take it to the mechanic, just as <laughs> as a car example here, not that I'm a car guy, but we can take it to the mechanic who can go, hey, actually, if we change this one thing here, it'll make things so much more efficient. You know, if if a car in a race doesn't go and get his wheels changed, he ends up becoming inefficient. So, it's taking that time, which creates so much more overall uh, output and effectiveness to what we're doing. As an added bonus, sleep is going to improve substantially. I cannot tell you how amazing it is for me when I have truly lived by this, which is a practice for me, as I've said, but when I truly live by this, I sleep like a log. I go to bed and sometimes I'll have really amazing dreams that create this connection that I hadn't had before with my work. But also, I wake up completely rested because I was able to shut down because at night for the couple of hours before I went to bed, my mind wasn't racing around these things. So, really start to notice that if you're physically falling into this space where you're noticing the stress, you're noticing the inability to sleep, the inability to switch off from work, from trying to make your relationship work, any of these things. It's a sign that you're being ineffective and you're being inefficient. There is another way. Now, to finalize this, how does it show up with the higher self? So, when we're from a place of lack or from a lack of belief, We think that we can achieve our goal or we don't believe, I should say, that we can achieve our goals and so we grasp at them. We attach to the outcome looking a certain way and we think that the only way that can happen is is if we push as hard as we can going in a certain direction. And what that does is it actually pushes our goal and our results further away from us. The alternative though is where we have trust in our vision and this is where spiritual wisdom can really ring true that having no attachment to the outcome, that just doing the work as best we can allows for intuition and creativity to actually create an exponential output and as a result give us results that we may not even have actually been able to imagine in the first place. I always remind people when I'm doing my signature synaptic palate activation work with them that albeit what we're imagining in our minds is helping draw us towards that thing, all that is is the best thing that our mind can imagine could come up. As we actually start to move towards that goal, the world, the universe is going to expand and the possibilities of what there is for us are going to be far beyond what we first imagined. And that's where being effective and being efficient Not only means that we do less and achieve more, the results become exponential and we constantly, constantly get to upgrade what it is that we're achieving, what it is that we're striving for. It's literally what our life looks like or is going to look like as we progress through it. So as a takeaway and as a final takeaway for you, I want you to ask yourself, where in my life do I want more? And within that part of my life, where am I being ineffective? Where am I being inefficient? Are there ways that I could do less and achieve more? You'll be amazed at when you just ask yourself this simple question, how much starts to actually flow out of you and where you'll start to catch what's going on. Throughout this whole podcast, I've... Given as many little tips and tricks as I could. Please, if you've enjoyed this, let me know what your best takeaway was. Let me know if there's anything you want me to explain further. Give me some feedback on this because the more feedback I get, the more that I can cater this to specific things that you're all needing or that is maybe going to connect a little bit better with you. I do my best to put myself in your shoes by putting myself back in the real situations that I've been in or that I'm going through now. But every bit of feedback means that I can refine this better and better for you and I can do more for you by doing less. So, as always guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out and staying with us. Be sure to follow along, subscribe to the podcast on whatever app it is you're listening to. It would mean the world if you left comments, ratings, all those things. Just help to bump us up and get us in a space where more people can hear this message, more people can learn about the idea of thriving, about how, as I say every single week, we don't just have to survive. We don't have to believe what we've been fed about this idea of life only coming in a place where we have to work really hard to achieve small things. We can work less, we can put less energy into things in an ineffective way, and we can actually be efficient and be effective, and as a result, create an absolutely amazing, thriving life. Thank you again so much for listening, everyone. I will see you on the next episode. Chicka chicka.